It's Cofield and Company. 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 Who put y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, that's shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah! Right, Friday, 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 5 o'clock hour. Baseball is here. We are at LV Ballpark in Summerlin. Come on out. Fireworks night tonight. Aviators taking on Reno. We're tracking Major League Baseball right now. Tenth inning. God, I, you know what? I'm sorry. This is one of the things I do not like. I do not like the freaking runner on second. I hate it. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to it. I just think it sucks. Good. Brandon Belt flies out. Well, it's only one out. Well, how's I mean, what does it matter? They're just they're just going to go to another inning with a guy inside. Oh, terrible running error by Dubon. What are you doing? I don't know. I guess I like it. Um, tenth, two outs, 5-5 five, five tie, Giants, and the Marlins going down right now. Earlier today, Yankees in 11 take out the Red Sox 6-5. to five, Oh, right? it's good then. Oh, good then I love Yankees the rule. I, I still hate the rule. I still hate the rule. Uh, we'll get to the Yankees and Aaron Judge in a little bit. A lot of baseball talk in the middle of the hour. Don't change the dial just because it's baseball. We'll make it interesting. There'll be some good stuff on the way. We won't just talk fantasy baseball. Adam Hill is here back in our Finley Toyota studios. It's Ari. Let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. You got vacations coming up? Are you going to Mexico like four times uh, over the next three months? Hopefully two. Okay. Same place? Um, second one hasn't been decided yet. Cancun twice, Cabo once, Cancun. Cancun somewhere first else. time. Uh, there's still some, some discussion as to where to go for the second one. All right. Maybe PV? What's up? Oh, Puerto Vallarta. Okay. All right. All right. Have you been there? Yeah. Okay. It's a great place. Right. I always ask if I can get invited, and then you tell me who's going, and I'm like, nah, I'm out. Exactly. And you don't <laughs> invite me. So it's a moot point at the beginning. Yeah, usually I just I nix it. My list of tolerable people as I get older is just getting smaller and smaller. Just an absolute grump. There is, I'll tell you, there is a, a secret to getting down there now, which is which is fantastic. Okay. Uh, off I'm the not, air, off the air, don't give it away. I'm not going to give it away. Don't give it away. I'm not giving it away. Because we've already made the rule, if there's secret parking places in town in Vegas or secret routes, don't give them away. Well, didn't Curb have an issue? Yeah. Right? There was some secret route through L.A. Yeah. and, and, and uh, someone gave it away. Well, Larry did because somebody somebody asked the girl asked him to tell her a secret that he would right. never tell anybody, and then she told everyone. It's bumper to bumper, like three days later. Yeah. So he told her secret. Uh, vacation advice for someone from outside the market. Uh, I think you'll know who this is. Um, I'll just our buddy in Kansas City, Petro. He thinks he's going to have to make a decision next November between F one and Vegas because he loves F one. Yeah. He's another one. He watches a reality show. Like he mentioned it in front of his daughters. And they're like, we, we got to go, Dad. We got to go to can Vegas I, to go watch F one. Or can I say right now the other one? Yeah, <laughs> I'll pick the. No, I, I picked the other one. I'm saying I don't care what it is. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's actually the Maui Classic. Ooh. Maui Classic with this is next year's Maui Classic though, 2023, not 2022. 
The field includes Kansas, Gonzaga, UCLA, Tennessee, Purdue, Marquette, Syracuse. Oh boy, and Kansas and Syracuse. Yeah. So that's like his two, the two, his school, and then the school he follows closely. Oof. That's rough. I mean, I, keep in mind, he, you know, they're not in Vegas like all all the time now. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say F one's going to be one of a kind. It is be I, unbelievable. I pick Vegas over everything, but I'd also do this, especially with a family. Like, what are you going to do at every game in the Mountain Classic? That's crazy. It's three days. I, I that's what I would do. I know you would, but I think if you have a family, you got to be like, all right, let's just do, do the race, and the rest of the time we have in Vegas to hang out. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that surprised me. Although I would skip the race. Um, yeah, I don't know what the race is going to be like. I don't. I don't know how it works. Also, you're going to be trapped on the strip if you're there, and also you're going to be paying eighteen million dollars for a hotel room. Yes, no. It's actually going to be cheaper to go to Maui probably. No doubt. Well, you know what I'm excited about. I'm just going to mention it every day until it's here. Is the, the road work coming up? Oh, can't I'm wait. just so excited for the that we'll actually get like a couple of I don't know, a couple of days. You think? Will they have everything out? A couple of days later, I get to actually take a F1 route past the sphere. No, It'll be nice and smooth. The roads will just be closed. And will they, will they intend and chop them up? Probably. Put holes in them and then do construction. These, these are too smooth. Do construction all year until the race starts again and then smooth it over and then make it awful again. I saw your boy Akers reported that uh, in the RJ that the uh, the Trop and 15 Interchange, the construction's coming up pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> I told you we're going to have we're gonna have the Trop Interchange at the 15. Uh, we're also going to have the project that's going to be in front of Thomas and Mac outside of the airport and the Spring Mountain stuff going on. All at the same time. Who walked it off, Giants? I just see celebrations going on in the other rooms here. They did walk it off. I didn't see what happened, but they did walk it off. We'll get you an update. Next up. Number four. So UNLV hasn't inducted anyone to their uh, Athletics Hall of Fame in a while, so they announced the class today. Induction ceremony will be in the Strip View Pavilion, Thomas and Mack, on May 21st. Uh, Going in with uh, a lot of folks who are behind-the-scenes folks, Include Olympic thrower Amanda Bingson. We have to get her on. Yeah. Silverado, I think. Oh, is that right? I believe so. A lot younger than you, though. Ten years yeah. younger? I don't know how much younger. Definitely younger. Okay, I'm going to ask right now. Okay. Do I bring up the ESPN, the body issue with her? I mean, I'm sure you will. No, but how do I do it where it's not creepy? It's impossible. She is exactly 10 years. Is it impossible to talk about it without being creepy or me to bring it up without being creepy? Impossible for you. Damn it. All right. How old? She's 10 years younger. Well, she graduated 2008, so 11 years after me, but she's 10 years younger. Yeah, she's a freaking powerhouse. Uh, Ryan Wolf, former uh, receiver with Rebel Football, and then two of the big names from running Rebel Basketball going into the uh, 2022 class Hall of Fame at UNLV. Uh, Anderson Hunt. Who of course always comes up as you know we we know what he did, but of course his role with the greatest college basketball team ever, Anderson on and Wink Adams. Okay, and you know Wink, Wink kind of came into uh, discussion again this year as you know it's funny as Bryce Hamilton was moving up the scoring ranks, the all-time scoring ranks at UNLV, and he in his last three years, I mean, he didn't play, he really didn't play a big role, his, you know, his first year, but these last three years. 
um, and especially this last one where he's averaging 24 points a game in conference, and we, we saw him put up 42. I think he wound up putting up 30 points five or six times this season. And towards the end of the year, you're looking at where he is, and you're like, oh, my God, he's still, like, right around Wink. Like, that's how good Wink Adams was. But Wink also played a lot in his freshman year. Like, Wink was consistently good as a scorer and a leader of that group all four years. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And he's been, you know, just part of – there are certain guys that come and play here for a little bit or, you know, are part of the program for a little bit, and then that's it. Like, he's been around. He's been part of the program. He's been somebody that still cares about the program, passionate about it. Like, there, there is – something above and beyond just what he did on the court for UNLV that is connected to the program and the community. Number three. Big game here tomorrow. Must win, right? Can we call it a must win? Yeah, I think Must so. win. I think so. Can't lose to Arizona. Well. BGK. You can't do it. Especially after losing to Vancouver at home. You, you might have had a margin for error. You might have been potentially able to lose it, although you don't want to lose to one of the worst teams in all of hockey when, when every single point is so valuable as it is right now. Do you ever notice Ari? He'll he he you know he has a way of jabbing. He has a way of jabbing. You know how he does it? Like he did it to Willie, right? You pull some audio afterwards, especially in a case where someone's completely wrong. So do we have that promo the other day of Adam Hill talking about the defense with VGK coming together, and then they go out and lose five one? We got that one, that promo. Oh, get, uh, mad, get Adam all mad. You know how sensitive he gets. I thought you were referring to the uh, bread on both sides promo for Willie. That was already rolling. No, yeah. sorry, I already moved on to uh, Adam Hill. <laughs> so what was going on with you the other day? It, it, it was something that they had done really well. They had been so organized and so fundamentally sound on defense since they started getting some of these guys back uh, that it had just been really impressive. And a lot of people were talking about, you know, well, you know, goaltending has been really good. Leonard came back. He was really good, except for, you know, Alec Martinez knocking in his own net. Um, but for the most part, like, they've not been allowing many goals. And I was like, well – Goaltending, sure, they've they've had a hand in it, but the defense has just been so good and so organized. They've just been playing together so well uh, that it's not only been good for the goaltenders, it's been good for the forwards because they've been, you know, so disciplined in front of the net and then getting the puck out, getting it up, getting into transition opportunities for the offense. They've just been so good now that they have some bodies back on the defensive side. And then Wednesday happened. Uh, that was a complete and total disaster in every way. I don't remember seeing the defense play that bad. Um, and it's not just when I say the defense. Um, you know, some people pointed out, well, the forwards defensively were awful. Like, yeah, I, I just mean the defense of the team, not the defensemen necessarily. The defense of the team was just hideous. It was it was awful. And it wasn't just that they weren't picking up guys in front of the net. It wasn't that they just weren't getting bodies on guys. It was everything. But it was also, like, when they did get the puck – they would turn it over or they would like try to send it up the ice and it would just go to nobody. There was no connection between the, the defensive zone and the offensive zone. There was a, a, a complete inability to get the puck out of their own out of their own end. Nothing was going quickly. It was slow, it was you know, lazy might be the right word. It was undisciplined. It was everything. And I think that was expressed after the game where I thought Peter Board would be even more mad. But it was almost like he was like I don't. I don't know what that was. That sucked. Watch it. And there was there were some questions. There was like some specific questions for the media of like, well, I mean, you guys weren't getting any bodies on anybody in front of the net. No, we weren't doing anything right. Well, you guys also you were having trouble with the defenseman passing the puck out. Yes, I understand. We did nothing well. We were terrible. <laughs> and that that's just true. Yeah. Um. And and at some point he just goes, I don't know how many more times you want me to say it. We sucked at everything. 
and, and that was true. It was it was almost like they had won those five games in a row, got themselves back to where before that five-game winning streak, it was like, well, this team's out of the playoffs. They're not going to make it. They're done. They win five in a row. The Kings lose a couple, and you're like, all right, well, they're right back in the mix. And if they win this game, they are right on the heels of the Kings. And they're playing a you know a team at home that they should be able to handle, that they just handled up in Vancouver a couple of times. This is a great opportunity, and they completely laid an egg. So um, it was pretty inexplicable. You would hope that it doesn't linger, but as, as I was talking to some people about last night, it's the kind of game that because there's now so much pressure on every single game going forward, if they play Arizona, and Arizona is not a good team, they're awful, they're overmatched, but if it's 0-0, start in the second period, mid-second period, or 1-1, or even you know down one nothing, like – that usually wouldn't be panic time, but it might be. It might be like so so much carryover from that awful performance that it could just really build on itself and, and it could get ugly tomorrow. So I would think goal number one, not only win the game, just get in there and get goals early, get get this game put away, and don't don't experience that possible frustration. Number two. Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to defend Las Vegas? The fight against Oakland is here. We see you. We see you. Mayor Libby Schaff, who's been taking shots the last couple of days at Las Vegas. The other day, on an interview, she said uh, Vegas has the gross desert, you know, as opposed to the, <laughs> the beautiful shoreline of of Oakland. Yeah, it's it's the port. Relax. Yeah, I think she called it coastline, which is yeah. just it, it's obviously sarcastic. Uh, she said she won't apologize. She went after Mayor Goodman in a tweet, which. Uh, Mayor Goodman then responded, hey, how about you come here along with the other 42 million people who come here every year and check out the Raiders. <laughs> and then Libby Schaff, the mayor, doubled and tripled down on it. Like I said, she won't apologize. And then she said this. And I know uh, Mayor Goodman of Las Vegas has gotten into the fray as well. We're always going to stick up for our cities. We love them. Uh, I do not, however, apologize for preferring the spectacular vista of our bay our Bay Bridge, the San Francisco skyline, the sunset over the Pacific Ocean uh, to the desert and some pretty tacky architecture. From uh, from one fan, this is kind of my feeling on this whole thing because I, you know, I think, I think I wrote in our notes. I'm like, the funny thing about all of this is a lot of us don't want your blanking team here anyway. So I don't know what this fight is over. Um, Another person on Twitter said, I really didn't care if we got the A's, but after hearing Libby try to dump on Vegas, yeah, bring them. Bring them now. Take everything from that woman right now. Enjoy your precious, empty coastline. Now, I will say I'm not really into this fight at all. No. Um, because I'll just say it. I feel like we're punching down. <laughs> the Bay Area is awesome. It really is. It is. I, I don't know if Oakland is awesome. It is. I, and I know you're a big defender of that area. Yeah. But I do feel like we're punching down. Like she's taking shots at us, and it's like most of us are like, we don't care. No, and I, I do, th- I do still think because those those quotes look so bad in on tweets and on headlines, and I think that's what she was going for. She's not like anybody that listens to yeah. it. First of all, in this one that we just heard, it was she had to just she was like, and they're tacky architect. Like she she was so no selling it. Right. And on the other one, she tried to be serious. And she just totally and, – and, you know, a lot of people haven't heard the full clip either where she says – she you know, she's like that gross desert and she's like cracking up at it already. And then the, the news crew who 
by the way, if you want to talk about amateur hour, like I, <laughs> that's where I'm going. That's where I would go. We're, our news crews are more professional than yours. Yeah. Or just they were just like they were just like, oh, the shade, and then she's like, yeah. Yeah, gross desert. Like, she's, like, doubling down so they All right. get it. All right, Fox 5 knockoff in the Bay Area. <laughs> right. It was it, – and she had to, she had to like, reiterate it so that they would pick up on it, and then they're like, wow, you're really going after them. She's like, yeah. She wasn't. No. She, she has no – there's no ill – there's no animosity. There's no anger. There's no meaning behind her words. She's just saying it to get this whole thing going for whatever reason. Uh, she thinks it's fun and funny, and I, I think she, she knows that there's no chance the A's are coming here. And she can use this to say, look how much I fought for this city. She doesn't believe it. She doesn't buy it. And, and the working in tacky architecture, which, like, is such an old, like a 1960s attack on Vegas, you know, late 80s, early 90s even, um, she doesn't believe that either. She knows. And she's, she's not even selling it. She's not trying. You like our tackiness, don't you? I do. First of all, I don't think we're tacky. But I I, I, I miss I, our tackiness. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, a little bit. There's something to it. Yes. Absolutely. Like, what would you think is the most tacky? Ooh, now? <laughs> Dangerous Danny ch- checking in. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, is is the Al, is Allegiant Stadium tacky? A little, well, Fremont Street is tacky. And right. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Every well, bit but she, it. Was, she was talking about she was talking about the stadium. I thought she meant the, the tacky architecture of the city. Oh, I thought she was getting after the design of the stadium. Oh, maybe. I mean, I, I don't think I don't necessarily think it's tacky. I guess I don't know what tacky means. Like, just kind of. I don't know. So the answer is no. No, I don't think it's. I don't think the stadium's tacky. Top story. Number one. So New York Post comes out with a story about two hours ago saying that Governor Sisolak could block the A's from coming. You don't like the terminology? No. Well, I think it's it's sensational. Right. And like he can't actually block anything. Well, like they're going to start building the stadium and he's going to stand in That's front of the, he's going to stand in front of the bulldozers. No! No! Like like the end of a, a you know, cheesy 90s movie and he's got like a deed in his hand of this this paperwork says you can't do this. But he's but but that. it absolutely fans the flames for people who already hate Sisolak. Of course, you know Emperor Sisolak, yeah. Dictator Sisolak. Yeah. Well, and that's now he's going to deprive us of baseball. What's wrong with this guy? All right, he can't. Taking away our freedom wasn't enough. Now it's baseball. Uh, stop. The story was about him not supporting it. Yeah, because you know the, the MGM group, MGM Entertainment, may not support it, and we know the Raiders won't support it. That the A's coming here, and more importantly, the public money aspect of it. Yeah, I, I don't. And I, listen, if if he were to say, or if the A's were to come out tomorrow and say, "Oh, no public money," which they can't because baseball is not going to let them. But if they were to say, "We're building the stadium on our own. We don't want any public, and we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna build the roads around it. We're gonna build the parking around Ooh, it. We're okay. gonna build the infrastructure. Roads too. We're pay, we're paying for everything around. Yeah, it. we're doing that. Like I don't think Sislak would stop that. I right. don't think like that would be blocking. If he right. came out and said, "No, no, no, we're still not allowing you to come," that's blocking. Right. What he's saying is, "Hey, they want a package of public money that is not going to happen." Another jump in the hotel tax rate for the A's. No. Yeah. No. No. And and he's basically saying preemptively, like this is like, public money but, and, for this stadium is a non-starter. And by the way, he he can't block it. And I suppose if someone wanted to own the lib. Then yes, 
give baseball lots of money, but that would seem to kind of go against original principles of course, on, on that side. Well, there's no side. Why are we giving? Why are we giving public money to anyone? Principles aren't a real thing. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, sure. It, it, the whole that part of the story has always been like is every time somebody brings something up. Yeah. Oh, the A's are coming. Well, who's paying? Well, the A's are the A's are coming. Yeah. And there's never an answer. Who's paying for it? How much public money do they want? What is going to be the contribution from from Nevada after already building a football stadium? What's the contribution going to be? And also, by the way, like you mentioned MGM, let's not forget that the Raiders and A's don't have a great relationship. Yep. And the Raiders do have a lot of power here. Whether we want them to or not, they have a ton of power. They don't want them here. Uh, Listener Tim said, uh, you know, in terms of being uh, anti-public money on stadiums, he said, what about the jobs stadium the stadium will bring during construction, uh, the playing season, the off season, when it's in use for other events. All right. Well, a baseball stadium for other events. I mean, how many events is is a major league baseball stadium going to hold when we've got all these other arenas and stadiums? Um, and as far as during construction, yeah, bring it. Just don't put public money towards it. Yeah. Billionaires and corporations can build a baseball stadium, and there'll be the same amount of construction workers. Yeah, nobody's. Against, I'm all nobody, for creating jobs. Yeah, nobody's against the project, but I'm I'm not for freaking billionaire welfare. Yeah, and, and especially, especially when you and consider, if it's a bad and if it's a bad deal, like you said, we're we're both. You know, you look at the uh, how the Alice turned out. We were never against any public money. It just wasn't a great deal. And then yeah. there was the minutia of the deal, which is actually a big part of it. Sure. Which was, hey, we're also doing this for our local school, UNLV. You know, one of the big state institutions here, and they didn't get a great deal out of it. No, they have to pay rent, and they can't use it when they want to use it. Like that's the things that we said should have happened. If you're gonna if you're gonna give that much public money, you should have a lot of say in how the stadium is used and and where a lot of the revenue goes from non football events. And hey, those if there's sorts of a things. if there's a Stan Kroenke, you you know, who wants to foot the whole bill, or the you know the idea that uh, you know Eli Wiki and and Mark Bedane have about. Uh, a twenty thousand seat arena down at you know Blue Diamond and LV Boulevard. Have at it, have at it. Sure, yeah, I, I think it'd be great. Build, build the baseball stadium as part of the complex. Why not? That'd be awesome. Why not? I love it. But yeah, Super the, close to my house would be fun. The uh, the sensationalized story about blocking it is uh, is pretty damn interesting. All right, uh, more baseball updates here as we're out at uh, LV Ballpark getting ready for the uh, AAA Aviators taking on Reno, and uh, we'll get into uh, some of the goofy stuff. Going, <laughs> I love this. Going on in the uh, National Football League, or at least some of the minor leagues, really is Terrell Owens on the radar. Seriously, it's the Big Five at Five. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers five seven zero nine thousand. I would probably give the slight edge to Jokic. When you read the NBA, it's the best PR in NBA history. History, 32.9. But I'm looking at two key cogs that were missing from this team, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And the fact that they finished six or better in the Western Conference and they're not in the play-in tournament, I'd probably give the slight edge to Jokic. You're listening to Cofield & Company, live at the LV Ballpark. I feel like the show has moved on from MVP debates. Thank goodness. We're still doing it in the NBA? Is well, it just because it's, it's Jokic and then what? Well, did Nick Wright come out earlier this week and say something about it's all analytics nerds who are the ones who are 
are backing Jokic, and then you hear Jason Williams there talking about him. Well, I also think it's because you can bet it everywhere now. It's a good point. It is it it is a market that people play all year, all, all year. Yeah, and people are people are very into that market. Okay, for that reason, then it's worth it. And same thing in the NFL. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, the the days of uh, you know me screaming because Pat Henkin won the Cy Young over Andy Pettit. Gonzo. I mean, it was can't do it. It was never entertaining. Oh man, that was a shot. <laughs> Maybe care. to the audience at the time, we've just we've just grown out of it. That uh, you know, let's admit it. Back, back, back in the day, you people were very selfish about individual awards. You weren't into team. True. Uh, this generation is into team. Not entertaining is probably wrong. I'm sure there were some good arguments and blowups about it. Um, awards are pretty silly, I think, and it's almost like the Hall of Fame debate. Like, it's, like it matters historically, but does it? You know what's even more lame is when old guys come out to sporting he- events. Heisman. <laughs> well, Heisman one. voting. Yeah, but old guys come out to sporting events and then, like, talk as if they could ever play or could still play. I swear I had one of those moments I was watching. Uh, just guy shag flies here at LB Ballpark. And I was thinking, like, could I catch a fly ball in, like, ten tries now? And while people in the audience are laughing, watch what happens when you get into your 50s and what you lose Especially if you're not in shape. True, but I mean... I mean, I think I could, by, by, by me saying 10, saying like getting used to it. But it would have to be close to me. That's what I'm saying. It, it just depends. If you're saying it's within you know, five feet of you, like, 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 yeah. Like if I got to make, if I got to run to the gap. No, then you're not. <laughs> I also wonder the first three or four times if I go complete, like if it's uh, deeper than me, if I go complete foot in the bucket. Which I used to, man, when I, and I never played at a high level, but I used to love watching people who never play outfield do the foot in the bucket. Where oh, they, yeah. take, take, they take the, the step in. It's <laughs> like 40 feet over their head. Just gone. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's right. You always, you always have to think back and then come in. That's always the, the, the goal. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's more just getting to the ball. I, I think in terms of actually catching a fly ball, I, I think you could do it. I mean, I'm, I'll say me too. I'm, I'm in the same boat like it's just it's just whether you can get to it or not like we're, we're just watching right now a guy just came all the way from like left center to try to catch one in right center like, no that's not happening uh but like this one right here yeah you could a ground ball i would need like a like a steel shield in front of my entire midsection well i think i'd be so afraid of the ball isn't it pathetic that i have to like i'm admitting this it's bad no it's, it's just it's truth and just, honesty just, yeah just trying to be well, I, I would think dealing with reality because I, I hear so many. I mean, we'll get into this next week, but I heard something over on Raider Nation Radio uh, 920 where I guess Damon, who runs, who produces Q Show, was talking about some basketball accolades like when he was younger in high school. And I'm like, we've already been through this, man. This is not the staff to do this with because for longtime listeners, you remember why we did the old guy triathlon because we had so many trash talkers. And then we'd be out there with listeners, and, like, the majority of our staffers were horrific at everything. Oh, yeah. Terrible. And we actually we had a guy, Darian, right, probably about 15 years ago, who said he played on a, like, a state championship team in Maryland, and he mentioned the high school, and, like, we looked it up. And, like, this dude said he was a starter on a team with, like, 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Who the hell was the six seven kid who went to Memphis? Joey something and made it to the NBA. I mean, he's like six seven two forty. They were like three Division one players. Yeah. On this high school team, and he's like, yeah, I was a starter. And then I always brought it up, and this is nothing against people who who uh, who might walk like this, but he kind of he had that kind of a duck walk. Yeah. And I'm like, that that ain't like his feet were out, and like real heavy when he walked. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you didn't play. You didn't play for a state championship basketball team. And then one of our hosts, who was like 53 years old at the time. Played him in a couple of games to eleven, and it was like eleven one, eleven nothing. He was terrible. Yeah, awful. So I'm just going to send the warning to Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. If you're going to talk about past ask, you know, uh, I keep using the word, wrong word, exploits, right? In sports, you better have been good. Well, it sounds like it has to not only go to Raider Nation Radio nine twenty, but also to the morning show. Well, I think the morning show's kidding. I think Jared. I guess Jared tweeted something. Jared knows he's a dork. Probably. Yeah, I think so. I mean, is there any chance he's got any athleticism at all? No. And I will t- I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little insight, right? So I think – I don't know if, if Bischoff played at all. Like, he knows the game, right? But I will tell you, um, I don't know, early in the season, we're out there for UNLV availability, and we – I think Mike Gramala from the Las Vegas Sun brought up, hey – Coach, when can we bring back the media basketball Ooh. game, which we we like never played? It was terrible. We played once, and then and then I was like, well, why don't we just play horse, right? And and Kruger was like, okay, let's go right now. And <laughs> and Bischoff and Gramala froze. Nothing. They didn't want to participate. Nope. Okay. They couldn't answer. Like, okay, let's go. I, I, I do think nothing. If media basketball comes back, it should be three on three, probably. It has to be. I think it has to be horse or a three point shooting contest. I think it would be three on three. I mean, in the end, we're protecting ourselves because we are basically immobile now. We can, like, so we're we're trying to make it a little more friendly towards the old guys. Not it, that you're old. It also, I, I'm, man, I would think it looks way worse like on film than it does to you as a person. Oh, it's the worst. Because I, I do know there's there's two podcasts. I listen to one of them, and they challenged each other to a basketball game recently. Yep. And they had a like they had cameras in there, and they had announcers. Yep. And after the game, they were like, "Yeah, we weren't as good as we thought, but you know, we were, you got out there, whatever." And then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh man, you remember <laughs> it was you, bad. you remember the old guy triathlon one year? Um, we had a home run derby. Still furious and, at Kazarian. and." We showed the film to Marty Cordova, who played Major League Baseball, you know, Gorman guy, local guy. And Marty, across the board with every one of us, even, even those of us who did okay, he's like, you guys all suck. You have no bat speed. And I was like, okay. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Well, the offensive foul says Cat Williams has been determined to be a flagrant foul penalty one for the unnecessary kick to the shin. Two shots, ball inside. Did he call him Cat Williams? It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas with Steve Cofield and Adam Hill. I didn't know he was a singer. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Cat, haven't been paying attention, is for Carl Anthony Powell. Right. I love this song, Ari. What happened to the pop? The, why is that edited? What's going on there? Um, all right, on the way back, that was the T-Wolves broadcast. There's nothing like, and this is classic for this show, there's nothing like mocking on someone, but then showing that you really don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Because an official came over and was calling a foul on Carl Anthony Towns' cat, 
called him Cat Williams. The broadcast crew comes back and they're like, ha, ha, this idiot, uh, he's not a singer. Well, Cat Williams is not a singer. <laughs> was, so what, what are you doing? Was, who was the, wasn't there a folk singer, Cat something? Cat Stevens? Cat Stevens, yeah. So is that who he thought it was? Let's not go down this path. We're going to get something wrong. We're going to, th- they got something wrong mocking on someone else. We're going to get something wrong mocking on both th- of them. I don't think so. I think that, I'm just trying to figure out who they might have been thinking about. Or, or, I mean, Cat Williams has done some, like, weird, awful singing and jokes. I don't think he's There's no way that. I knew that, that hardcore. No way. Oh, boy. That's, that's, that's rough. You're, like, totally trying to clown on somebody and get something, something else even worse. Aviator's playing tonight at 7. It's fireworks night. Tomorrow at 7. And then, uh, is it noon? Sunday? Noon. Noon on Sunday. Let me double check. I got off my schedule page. But just setting you up for the weekend with the Aviators. Um, we talked to Parker Dunchy, one of the pitchers, earlier, and we were talking about some of the changes in baseball. I, I thought this was interesting because we talk all the time about, hey, baseball's average age just continues to go up and up and up. You know, if your average fan now is 54 years old, where are the fans going to be 15, 20 years from now? Are they developing younger fans? Mark Cuban, who, you know, wanted to get into baseball at one point, but baseball owners were like, no, we can't deal with that guy. Cuban was talking about uh, baseball and marketing. I think baseball is well suited for the TikTok generation because you, it comes in small bites. I would go away from some of the traditions. I would make the players do bat flips. You'd have to talk to the players first to say, look, if we want to change this game and get kids excited again, we're going to have to make changes. I would make them do bat flips. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can't I do that. I think he means allow. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to keep saying, I mean, Based on your consumption of TikTok, do you really want to see baseball highlights? Oh, that's fine. Okay. Throw it in there every once in a while. I, I don't think the way I've curated my timeline, I'd see any baseball. You wouldn't. <laughs> eh. By the way, mine changed a lot. And I, it's sad. Okay. I actually, I was hanging out with some folks and with the SO, and somehow my TikTok just popped up, and it was just, you know, giant jugged lady or something. <laughs> sure. It was like, oh, boy, this thing. Well, it just gets you with that. The, the, what, I don't know what it is. The my, algorithm. What is? Yeah. Keeps going. I mean, that usually is, is mostly mine. But I, I also would say I all of a sudden now have like a lot of pranks. Oh, you do? I don't know where that came from. I'm trying to get rid of that. All right. Not well, much I mean, cooking, though. Cuban, That's what's on yours. Cuban's on to something. And I'm sure, you know, whoever was asking him the question was talking about what baseball needs to do to be more attractive to younger fans. And he mentioned the bat flipping, and Candy and I talked about this yesterday about uh, Ronald Acuna kind of going in on Freddie Freeman and saying they had a rift, and part of it was Freeman and others sat him down and like, you know, this is the way to play the game, which coming from the Braves organization, not a surprise because they're one of the, you know, rules of baseball, you know, the the way the game's supposed to be played, Cardinals, which we've pushed back on, it's obnoxious. The American way is not a right or a wrong way. Shut up. (laughs) Got it. You know, it's funny. I... I'm going to keep referencing it because I was watching the game today, but I swear there was a discussion about Javi Baez during the game from the Tigers announcers, and they basically were like, you know, please, you know, he plays with a lot of flair, you know, but if you get him off the field, he's really polite. Like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> the like, he's a, he, like he's a royal ass when he's on the field playing with his flair, but he's a very unassuming guy. You'd like him off the field. What? It's amazing that those things have become related. Like, if you if – you, bat flip or you uh you know celebrate or do anything like that then you're probably a jerk when you're not on the field. Oh, like, how man. are those how are those two things even related in like, any way like i said i never played uh baseball or softball at any high level 
But when I played, man, I, I enjoyed playing, and I enjoyed talking trash. I mean, as you saw, you, you would, know. You would throw the ball at runners. Yeah, a guy ran ran on me from right field, and I damn, man, I'm just throwing to the base. If it happens to go in the middle of your back, then well, that's, that's where it goes. not what you were doing. You were throwing at the runner. It was a little bit short of second base. It was not even in the direction of second base. What do you mean? It was right near the base. No. No, the guy was. I don't think he was in between bases. He wasn't even. He it was it was going toward home plate. Your throw would have gone to no, home plate no, if it didn't no, hit. No, it wasn't. Yes, no, it wasn't. But there's yes. no there's no issue with when you're playing baseball, having some fun, celebrating home runs. But apparently, and but you think what with Acuna? Maybe he was misunderstood a little bit in translation. Possibly. I mean, because I know from. I know from doing a lot of interviews, especially in the UFC, over for a long time, where there's there's fighters that have, um, you know, speak a different language, and there's a translator. The right. translator isn't always exactly right. Right now, in this case, it was somebody listening to the audio, translating it, so they have a little bit more time to go through and, and figure out all the words. But sometimes, like one word, does make a big difference. And Akundu seemed surprised when he had all these people in the locker room. I guess yesterday. Uh, coming at him and saying, like, what did you mean by this? What did you mean by this? And he's like, well, that's kind of not what I said. So I don't know. I'm not saying this was totally taken out of context. We don't know. I just, I'm, I'm just thinking a lot of times when something is fully transcribed from another language, some of the some of the intricacies and the details of what you're saying doesn't always come through. Now, I believe fully because Aguni didn't apologize. No. <laughs> he's like, that's just not exactly what I said. Um, so I, I believe fully he meant all the things he said. Um, but he also, I, I also think that there's a comfortability level and, and again, no idea if this is the case here, but I know from speaking to, you know, fighters in the past and hearing them do interviews in other languages, they're more open to say certain things in a different language because they, they're like, well, nobody's going to hear this. Like nobody in, in America is going to care what I say here in this broadcast. Um, like those things happen. I, I've seen it happen with Brazilian fighters who are Brazilian reporters and the reporter says, you're not going to believe what he just said to me. But he said it in Portuguese, so like it's not really going to be a clip that's picked up or anything. Um, like I, I've seen those things happen. So again, I have no idea if that's the case here. But I am always a little bit hesitant when an interview is done in a different language to just fully say that that's exactly what was meant by the interview. I do believe fully that Acuna wasn't comfortable, uh, as he said. He, you know, there were things he was like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say or do because this guy is like kind of staying over there and kind of running the operation, and now I'm a little bit more free. Like, I, I believe that part of it. Uh, beginning of the season also means that these arbitrary deadlines, artificial, I'll say, artificial deadlines for contract talks pass, <laughs> like in the case of Aaron Judge and the Yankees. Uh, listen to this. Is supposedly the Yankees have somewhere between 210 and $230 million on the table for an extension. This is Jeff Passan from ESPN. Listen, Aaron Judge is going to want $30-plus plus million a year, and he's going to want it long-term. Are the New York Yankees going to give that to him? It depends just how long he wants it. They need Aaron Judge sticking around, because if he hits the open market cross town, let me tell you, they could use a power-hitting outfielder. Steve Cohen is obviously willing to pay a lot of money, and mm. the idea of Aaron Judge showing up in a New York Mets uniform instead of Yankee pinstripes would be absolutely devastating to the Yankees. No, it wouldn't. That's ridiculous. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. If he if he puts up massive numbers, it he won't. Be. He won't. That's why it won't be devastating. Right, but that 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 is the risk you would be taking. It it won't be devastating. It just won't, because the mean, the Yankees have now whether these. 
the cheap Steinbrenner kids will spend the money is another question. I'm not saying I'm judged, but to replace them, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, even with unlimited money with the Dodgers, you know, the Mets, the Phillies, the White Sox, the Cubs. Cubs act like they have no money, but you know, Phillies, a lot of the Giants, uh, Angels, you know, the teams that have the most money. Um, I'm not that keen on building with seven and eight year contracts on guys who are 29, 30, 31, and a guy who's been hurt often. You know, it's funny. There's, there's, if you if you look at opposite ends of the spectrum in baseball, you've got a guy like Mookie Betts who's five foot nine and 190 pounds, who probably will see a really big regression in power as he gets older, right? Like that's not a great ten year deal. And when a guy is six foot seven, 282 pounds, his durability at the back end of the contract is in question. Sure. And I and. Like I like Aaron Judge, but for me, you can you can find someone in that range on shorter deals and not commit to freaking seven years and two hundred and whatever forty million dollars. So well, both, both if he wants to go to the Mets, go to the Mets. Both things can be true because I agree with you. I I wouldn't do that 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 deal. I, I wouldn't go crazy and break the break the budget just because I want to keep him away from them. But at the same, like I wouldn't make that decision. You wouldn't make that decision. I don't think the Yankees want to make that decision. But at the same time, as he's saying, if they were to let him go and he hits 50 home runs four years in a row for the Mets and they win two World Series titles, mm-hmm. then you do look silly and you do regret it. Like you oh, you could look silly. Yeah. But, but you know what, in a, in a kind of a sick way. and no one, I don't think you would. Again, again, no one feels sorry for Yankee fans that, you know, that they haven't won in a while, won the championship in a while. But maybe the Mets and Steve Cohen being unlimited bankroll guy is a good thing. Sure. Because what George's kids have done is laughable. I mean, it was about three weeks ago. Steinbrenner comes out and says, well, you know, the COVID years were kind of tough, and we, we do owe, you know, we had some big payments coming up on the stadium. Too bad! <laughs> now you're crying poor? It's insane. It's insane. God, I so want to curse. These, these <laughs> freaking kids who are a handed billion-dollar properties. It's very like, hard to get where they are. Tough times. You gotta understand. We have to meet some standards. You were handed the team. You earned. No matter what you do in terms of flopping, you could fail miserably at any moment. You can sell the team, and what are they worth? Four or five billion dollars? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's, we got bills too. Yeah, it's preposterous. So I, actually, I kind of like it. Um, and frankly, the Mets have been so pathetic for so long that I, you know, I use the reference of Vegas and Oakland punching down. Go ahead, steal Aaron Judge because they, they have the resources to go get whoever, whatever 6'5", 240, 35 homer guy you know, is going to be available down the road. The Mets are back. Actually, you the know Mets. what's funny? As I was, as I was watching uh, the game just a couple minutes ago, they're going back and forth with the Nats. As I think Scherzer gave up a couple of runs in the fourth. Like you could, there is, there is a, you know, an energy, but that, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's why I thought Cohen coming to the game. Like I'm actually I'm I'm actually surprised that the rest of the owners in Major League Baseball even let him in. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like what What's what, the, like what we talked about what he just did this offseason, there I'm sure there's a lot of owners who were like, Ah damn it. Doesn't he understand? We're not trying to not everyone needs to win every year and pay guys a lot. Why is this guy trying to compete? Yeah, that's what we talked about. That's why they, they didn't want Cuban in. They didn't want him ruffling feathers and changing. By the way, I love it 
But on a side note, I think that's why the WNBA is going to regret letting Mark Davis in. Like, he is changing a lot of things. <laughs> right? And Becky Hammond, there you go. <laughs> yeah. now, now Becky Hammond's salary is just freaking blown to bits, the salary structure for the players. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Put your hand in there, Dave. Did I cut you off on coming back on, with one more follow-up on Aaron Judge? No. Did you get to say your piece before I started yelling as a Yankee fan? No, I don't think so. I, I, I'm just saying, I think I think there is a valid point to when you make those decisions, even if they're the right decision. Yeah. Because you were saying, like, they won't regret it. Well, even when you make the right decision, yeah. sometimes it, it can come back and look foolish on you. Right. So earlier I was saying I was fascinated by the, uh, the pitch com wristbands for the yeah. catchers and the pitchers. It, again, it was weird. I was watching afternoon baseball with the White Sox and Tigers. Uh, it was weird. It was well, weird not you're seeing worried, the old You're worried school. about the hacking, too. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I hadn't even thought of it until the Aviators pitcher was on with us <laughs> and brought it up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's possible. I think anything is possible in, uh, when you use technology and those things can happen. But right now, I, I'm enjoying it. I like it. There was, a, there was a call in that game where a runner got called out at second base to end the inning because he slid into second too aggressively and actually did screw up a double play. 30. But very, very subjective. Oh, that call is always subjective. Like, I thought it was Candelario, I think, who he hit the bag and he went through the bag, but he didn't, like, make a kicking motion, didn't lift an arm or anything. He went all the way through? He went probably two feet past the bag. All right, come on. Ten seconds. That's the spirit of the rule. I mean, it, uh, it's, it's crazy for people that watched baseball a long time ago, but that's what it is. Back in my day, back in my day, as I shake the fist at the sun, thanks to the Aviators for hosting the show today. Come on out to the game tonight.